Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Good Monday to you all. Andrew Coppins, Pat Oni with you here on Critical Thinking. You can follow me on all of your social media platforms at The Coppins Show, except for Instagram, because uh, I needed to separate the personal, <clears throat> the show and the um real estate side of things. People are getting a little confused by that. So you can find us at Critical Thinking Show on Instagram. Pat is found at the Pat Oni Show. We know all of that wonderful goodness. Of course, you can always find us at criticalthinkingshow.com, criticalthinking.locals.com. You can watch the show every single Monday through Friday on our Rumble page. That's right, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. Or download, subscribe, rate, review the podcast. You know the drill by now. Thank you to each and every one of you who help continue to grow this show bit by bit by bit. It um we greatly appreciate all of your assistance in growing the show. Um, uh, because the reality is, unless you are um playing the TikTok game and outside of real estate, I hate having to play that game. Um, because I don't trust the algorithm with TikTok as far as I can throw it. Let's just uh Let's just put it that way, Pat. Um, having said all of that, um, we have now entered into, well, technically this is still week one, Pat, of election day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was November 8th, correct? We are still, correct. it is November 14th. So mm -hmm. we are on day six of election day. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, is that a problem? First and foremost, day six of election yes. day. Yes, yes. I I just have one question. Yes. Why isn't all the results in on election day? 
Well, you see, Pat, we have 50 different experiments called states in the United States of America. And within yeah. those states, they have multiple things called counties. And within these counties, they have municipalities. And yeah. these mm -hmm. municipalities, these counties, these states all have differing and varying ways to um, to cast a ballot, to um, count a ballot, and to uh -huh. report those counts. See, all I'm hearing is is um, they they all have different ways of potentially rigging and cheating the system. Well, I wouldn't say that, Pat. I what I would say is that um, in this great experiment known as America, um, there are. This is again a thing I talked about last week, Pat. Fifty different mm -hmm. states, fifty different experiments. But the problem that we are seemingly having is. Certain states that continuously fail us time and time and time again <clears throat> don't learn the lessons of their failures. More importantly, they don't look to the other experiments that seem to work and, I don't know, model themselves after it. I'm not saying you have to copycat it. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you have to copycat <clears throat> Florida, which is ironic. But notice what Florida did after the 2000 election, Pat. Notice what happened in the aftermath of that, right? It was they were the mm. butt of the joke, right? They right. they had a problem that hung the balance of an election. Not just for the president, by the way. There were other elections inside the state of Florida that mattered that were also having these issues. Okay? Right. Right. People forget that. But what did they do, Pat? They realized they screwed up. They realized their system was um, less than perfect, shall we say, being magnanimous. Um, and they fixed it. They went ahead and figured out a system and tweaked a system to make it one more transparent, two, less hanging chatty, <clears throat> and three, the count would happen that night. They went from the laughingstock to the model. So to states like Arizona and Pennsylvania and Nevada and Washington and Oregon and da 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 we could go on and on and on. It's really simple. You were an experiment, and when you do experiments, when you fail at them, you might look to other experiments that have succeeded and model that. Because, yes, what is happening in Florida, <clears throat> excuse me, what took place in Florida may not work in Arizona, but versions of it, a model of it, a tweaking of your system to make sure that it works. Here's here's a great example of this, Pat, right? What do we know about the state of Arizona and especially Maricopa County, how they're allowed to count their votes? What do they do? They wait until Election Day to start counting the Ballots that were mailed in or the ballots, the absentee ballots and this, that, and the other thing, right? Right. Then they go to count the ballots that were dropped off at the uh, polling places that day. Then they go and count the in-person balloting. There's your problem. The state of Florida, what does it do, Pat? It begins to count a week ahead of time. Basically, when your vote goes in, it gets counted. 
And then on election night, all you have left to count are the people who have voted in person that day. That's it. Within three hours, we knew exactly what was going down in the state of Florida. There is no excuse in a state as vast as Arizona, but also as densely populated as Arizona is. Because the realistic portion of the population lives in Maricopa County, which is Phoenix and its surrounding suburbs, and the Tucson area, right? Outside of that, you have very rural areas. There is no excuse for them to not be able to count all of those ballots ahead of time. It would solve your problem, and it would instill confidence. If you just took the model of Florida, there's no way that every state shouldn't be modeling themselves after how Florida runs its elections. And I'm not talking about who they vote. I'm not talking about any of that. I am talking about the mechanics, the technical details of how the vote goes down. That's the beauty of the 50 experiments. We're supposed to take the good, understand it, model it, toss the bad out. That is how our founding fathers wanted it. That is, you can talk about that from the Federalist Papers and the Anti-Federalists, their arguments, this, that, and the other thing, right? I, I don't understand this. I really don't on a fundamental level. It's an embarrassment. We're supposed to be the ones spreading democracy throughout the world, right? We can't even do it right at home. How about we concentrate on doing it right here, first and foremost, before we worry about the rest of the world going forward? I'm what not, a novel concept. I'm not saying, oh, yes, I am saying. With that having been said, Pat, as we are on day six of election day, <clears throat> we still don't know whom will control the House. That's right. The House is still in the balance. There are, is it 22 outstanding um, elections, Pat, as of this weekend? Mm, I, I think believe so. I saw that. that. Sounds right. mm. I think it's 22 or 23. Mm -hmm. The GOP needs seven wins. Or six wins in seven races that they are not incumbents in. Raise your hand if um, <clears throat> you saw that coming on the original election day, Pat. No, I didn't see that one coming. And and secondly, um, aren't a lot of those seats in California? Quite a few of them, yes. And yeah. the <clears throat> there's that, and I think Nevada and Arizona as well. I know, shocker, right? Right, right. Yeah. I just. I don't, I don't know where to go with it. I really don't. I, I just, I fail to understand how we don't know these results. This is ridiculous on it, so it's many making it look, It's making it look more and more all the time like there's lots of shenanigans going on in these areas. Well, and then you look at even Colorado, right, with uh, the – the congressional district for Lauren, Lauren uh, Bobert, right? Mm -hmm. She looked like she was going to win. 
Then the vote swings some more. And then three days later, oh, she's up by over over a thousand votes now. Right. What the hell is going on? This is not difficult. And we continuously see these problems. And I understand that not every state is going to do it the same. But again, I can't harp this enough. When you see success, you model it. And this is one of the things that that in the real estate world, okay, if I see somebody doing something marketing-wise that's really successful for them, what do I do? Do I go the opposite direction of that? Or, or do I ask critical questions and model my marketing after that successful marketing campaign? Yes. On the, on the second point. Literally, rip it off and make it your own. That's what you're supposed to do because you can't reinvent the wheel. Stupid. Speaking of stupid, though, Pat, over the weekend, um, you brought a, you brought an article to my attention in regards to leadership and Kevin McCarthy and ditch himself, Mitch McConnell. Cocaine Mitch. Um. What was that article about? So the article that I brought up was the, well, first of all, the Republicans failed to take back the Senate. That, that was the projection. Yeah, they they but will what, not have control of the Senate. It might be 50-50. But what, um, where, I, where I started to question and I think I sent another. Oh no, you sent this one. Where where uh, is it? Is it McConnell's fault? Did 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 he tank the elections? I took that a step further and said, well, is it McConnell's fault, or is it really what McConnell represents? You know, being the older generation, right? And yeah, do I don't want to need- go down that route just yet, though, mm-hmm. Pat, because I want to explain to people the absolute insanity that is going down in the GOP right now. Mm-hmm. I, I want people to understand this. So you you brought up the article, right? Blake Masters. Right. Other people are blaming mm-hmm. Mitch McConnell for his loss in Arizona and other losses throughout. Um, excuse me, throughout the um, throughout the country. Okay, because Mitch decided to, excuse me, excuse me, I swore, Ditch decided to throw this many dollars in a super PAC to Blake Masters. Spent $6 million <clears throat> on a intra-party race so that Lisa Murkowski could win in Alaska. Which she lost, if I'm not mistaken. Lisa Murkowski? No, she won. Oh, she did? She win? It's ranked okay. choice it's up there. Heard... It's ranked choice okay. voting. So she ended up winning. Because she got more of the second place votes and blah, 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 blah. It's why ranked choice voting is ridiculously stupid, by the way. It is awful. But because if you vote for the third candidate, right, Pat, your votes then get tossed to the next person on your ballot. That's what ranked choice voting does, right? And so suddenly you get to toss your your vote to the to Lisa Murkowski as a safe secondary vote. No, no. Ranked choice voting is an absolute abomination. 
at least how it goes down in the state of Alaska. That having been said, um, the article, Pat, that was written this weekend, right? Um, let me go ahead and pull it up for you uh, real quick because it's, is it true that McConnell tanked Senate races by not funding candidates like Masters? Okay. Well, yes. It is true or it is not true, okay, that McConnell tanked the Senate race. Okay. That's just not true. Okay. Because... Um, first of all, McConnell spent $230 million in this election cycle. Okay. His super PAC, right? The Senate leadership fund, uh, Trump's super PAC, the MAGA Inc, right? The second group spent only 6% of McConnell's $15 million ranking 12th amongst super PACs in spending. Now, also, McConnell's super PAC ran ads helping every single Senate candidate that Trump's super PAC did, with the exception of Blake Masters, okay? But I ask a very different question of this one, because I don't think the article is proving the point that it is trying to make, right? That it's trying to make the point of, well, Mitch McConnell isn't the one who lost the election. Mitch McConnell didn't lose, and therefore what? McConnell's PAC also spent money in competitive Senate races that Trump didn't, including North Carolina, New Hampshire, and Wisconsin, blah, 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 blah. However, Masters had already uh, had a head start and all this other stuff, right? Basically saying, you know, hey, by the way, Blake Masters, terrible candidate. But I don't think the he spent 250 or 230 million dollars is making the point that you think you're making here. Because you could spend all of the money in the world, right? This is why I love the EPL. Okay, this is a great example of this, right? You've got Manchester City, you've got Liverpool, you've got these big clubs with foreign money, right? Like insane amount of Middle East oil money. And then you lose to Brentford or you lose to like the bottom of the barrel that have spent maybe 50 million and you spend $500 million, right? Is that a recrimination of you? Or is that a recrimination of the amount of money that you spent? Does it matter, Pat, if you spend $230 million and you get your ass kicked? Yes, it does. Yeah. It does. And here's why. And it's the same thing with the EPL. If you only spent $50 million and you kick the ass of the $500 million team, right? And it happens repeatedly mm. over the course of a season. Let's say you lose six games that you should have won based off of the amount of money that and the amount of resources that that money gives you, right? That's a recrimination of your ability to win. It's a recrimination of Mitch McConnell's ability to win when he spends $230 million and gets bupkis, dick, for it. Nothing, Nathan, nada. Not a single solitary seat was picked up, Pat. Not one. 
Well, Blake Masters was a terrible candidate. Mehmet Oz, you're right. You're right. They were. They absolutely were terrible candidates. Don Baldrick, you're right. They were terrible, horrible, no good, very bad candidates. Whose effing fault is it for putting up terrible candidates? Donald Trump? The the Maka Forever crowd? Or, alternatively... Mitch McConnell couldn't find quality candidates if it bit him in the ass. And I'm not suggesting that the quality candidate is anti-Trump, by the way. Could you have, I don't know, a Carrie Lake-esque individual? Blake Masters wasn't that. I mean, it's looking like Carrie Lake's going to win Arizona. Right. But Carrie Lake so. has all of the, the MAGA Forever type likability if you will coupled right. with some um at least mainstream popularity not just popularity but ability to not look batshit crazy all the time yeah Don Baldrick was literally spreading QAnon bullshit two weeks before the election pat two weeks before the primary now here's the other part of the recrimination of Mitch McConnell Excuse me, ditch. The Democrats all across this country spent millions, and I mean multi-millions of dollars, doing what, Pat, in the primary season? Backing batshit crazy GOP candidates. Mm-hmm. Now, this is how you ended up with the Mehmet Oz and... Blake Masters and all that stuff to begin it's with. It's not necessarily how you ended up with Mehmet Oz, okay? Mehmet Oz has that name recognition, had the support of Mitch McConnell from the very get-go. It's how you ended up with Don Baldrick facing off with Maggie Hassan in New Hampshire. It's how you got Blake mm -hmm. Masters in Arizona. It's how you got some of the other places and things that right, happened. Right. So, for instance, here in Illinois, how did we end up with Darren Bailey as the, the nominee and thus... He's going to get his ass kicked. What ended up happening is J.B. Pritzker, his uh, super PAC and his trust fund and the Democratic um, National Committee or whatever uh, groups, the governor groups, spent literally at least five, if not ten million dollars. I think it's five million of um, of Pritzker's own money. In attacking the other Republican in the race, okay, in putting out attack ads against um, the former mayor of Aurora, uh, Illinois, okay, Richard Irvin, who happened to be black, who happened to have a little bit more of a, I don't want to say, well, let's put it this way, less Trumpian version of, of conservatism, if you will, okay? Mm -hmm. And that plays a lot better here in Illinois, right, than Darren Bailey down south speaking with a southern accent does to the Chicago crowd. You can't motivate the Chicago suburban crowd and the Chicago crowd to come out and vote for you when you sound crazy, when you act crazy, when you when he literally campaigns with Donald Trump at his side. That's not to say that you can't have some of the same ideas and blah, blah, blah and win here. But he literally just got on stage with Trump. You think that that was going to win and play out here in Illinois? 
Oh, hell no. no. Tammy Duckworth is one of the most asinine flamethrowers in all of the Senate. Did we put up a candidate? And by we, I mean Team GOP, right? Did that team put up a candidate? And I and I'm sorry that I said the word we because I I don't like that because it's not I'm not on that team. But it's hard to not root for it when you need a stopgap, right? But Tammy Duckworth right. is mean. She's nasty. She uses her service and her disability from service as a cudgel it's one she points it out all the time in all of her ads right she uses it as a cudgel to be able to win an election but did they put up anybody that could have i don't know like actually fought and actually had an idea of winning nope 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 all across this country mitch mcconnell and his ilk what what is leadership's responsibility, right, Pat? It's to find, cultivate, and grow candidates that will help you win. You find them, you identify them, you get them over the finish line, and you begin to grow them as they get into the Senate, right, or into Congress, right? Right, right. right. Did, did that happen? No, it didn't happen. Name me one star person that that won a Senate race on Team GOP. I'll wait. Can you? I, I don't think you can because if we're going to be lucky to end up with 50-50, right? Yeah, because it's going to hinge on Herschel Walker versus Raphael Warnock. And there's a great example. Herschel Walker? Yeah. That's who you ran? It came down to Baldrick, Masters, and Walker. What you talking about, Willis? That, that's what you're relying on? That's what you're relying on. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. And in the Daily Wire, on one hand here, Pat, is trying to play the don't blame Mitch game, right? Mitch isn't responsible. Mitch did his job. Did he? Did he really, Pat? No. If anything, spending $230 million and not regaining at least one seat advantage is utter failure. It doesn't matter. I kind of want to get the like the rock out here, right? It doesn't matter how much money you spend, because it doesn't. If you lose, it also wouldn't matter if you won, because the reality of that is you have to figure out if if the dollar amount is what mattered or if the candidate quality is what mattered. Let's look to the House of Representatives, right? A, a bare minimum was a 20-seat advantage, a bare minimum of what people thought was going to happen. Some thought we'd be 35 to 45 seats in the advantage. 
And if it was going to be the tsunami or the Red Wedding, as people were talking about, it would have been in the 50s. We're sitting here on day six of Election Day. I feel like it's day 499 to flatten the curve, too, right? But day six of Election Day, and we are now not sure the Republicans will actually even take control of the House of Representatives. Meanwhile, Kevin McCarthy is out here attempting to become the Speaker of the House. You utterly failed. Again, the Democrats, Pat, made the single worst argument to elect a a slate of candidates that I have ever seen. Ever. And and this is this is also coming in the wake, folks, of the Democrats making the worst closing arguments for their campaigns that I've ever seen. That's the put that into perspective for a moment. You you have really bad closing arguments from the left. And you still lose. How bad are the candidates that you put up if that's the case? The, the problem here is is that you know when you get people like Kevin McCarthy and Ditch McConnell um leading the GOP, I, I I'm starting to really think that that's the problem. You're spending money. Like look at look at I look in this to the Brooklyn Nets. Right. Mm-hmm. They throw money at players. They throw money and they throw money and they still can't get any closer to an NBA championship. It doesn't matter how much money you spend if you can't get over the finish line. And here it's the same thing with the GOP. They keep throwing money at stuff, trying the same thing over and over again and thinking that it's going to be successful. It's insanity. It's insanity. Yeah, it's it's utter insanity. And I guess my other question, though, Pat, is where do you turn if your team GOP? This is part of the problem, and this is also part of the um. Well, how do I want to put this? This is part of the. If you were to make the case against Ditch and against Kevin McCarthy, mm-hmm. who in the hell do you replace them with? I would argue that Rand yeah. Paul would be a great, well, or yeah. a Mike Lee would be a great person to put front and center for conservatism. But are they, are they firebrands? Yes. And therefore you can't put them in in that leadership position because leaders also know how to make deals and, and find ways to, to coalesce the group and Rand Paul and Mike Lee are less likely to compromise, right. And to find that middle ground position. I don't know if those people are actual lead. I think they're thought leaders, but are they actual physical leaders on the ground? I, th- that's a great question. I, I've never really seen Mike Lee. I, I've never really seen Rand Paul in either of those positions for those reasons. Right. Um, so who the hell would you put there? Right. If you got if you got Mitch McConnell yeah. out of there, who whom? I would argue a Ron Johnson might be a really good idea. Yeah, Ron Johnson came to mind. And, and, um, and the only reason why I wouldn't do that is because he's old, white, and gray-haired. 
And what I mean by that is you're replacing old white gray haired Mitch McConnell with old white haired Ron Johnson in his third term as a senator. Right. Mm. So. Right. And I'm, I'm not talking about it from a you have to play the demographics game. That's not what I'm talking about. What I am talking about is, is that really a fresh look and idea? No, it's not. It's a good question. Probably not. It's really not. I I mean, I could argue maybe Rick Scott of Florida or a Marco Rubio type could be in that position, but Rubio really killed himself with the uh, Gang of Eight and the election in 2016. Well, the, not only that, I mean... He's also he's got, a, very, he's also got one feather in his cap, though, Pat. He... He just mm. kicked Val Deming's ass in Florida. He's got a strong base, that's true. clearly. That's, that's true. Could uh, that be something that you coalesce and build around? He is good at yeah. speaking. But is he too McConnell-esque? Yeah, I, you know, that's the problem, right? That is mm. the problem. Let's look to the house. I have a name that I think could be somebody that would work and it's actually somebody from my home congressional district back in wisconsin mike Mm. gallagher the representative from uh i believe it's the eighth congressional district in wisconsin Mm. um i can't remember if it's the eighth or ninth because there there are nine i believe congressional districts up there but um he is somebody who has been very conservative and very outspoken in that conservatism, but also, but also very strong in the way he leads on it, speaks on it. You know, people have talked about Chip Roy again. He is more in that Rand Paul. He is more the the ideas yeah. in the machinations yeah. of those ideas, and you need those people. Mm. But you need them to be in lockstep with leadership, and we don't have that either way. The simple fact that given all of the things that we talked about with this election cycle, Pat, that we're now sitting here on election day number six, right? And we don't know whom is taking control of which which uh, branch of the legislative body. I, what? Yeah, yeah. It's sad. Just Just for kicks and giggles, what about someone like a Chris Stewart in the house? I know the name. I don't know enough about it. Sure. Okay. Now, some some people are pointing to Elise Stefanik, and I want nothing to do with Elise Stefanik because she is ditched in a skirt. Mm -mm. Don't touch that with a 20-foot pole. That's a terrible idea. The other person that I would out of the box, excuse me, think of is Lee Zeldin because there's nowhere in the entirety of how the House of Representatives works that says that that person has to be a member of the House of Representatives, by the way. The Speaker of the House does not have to be in the House. Lee Zeldin got not one, not two, not three, but four members of Congress across the finish line, kicked out the Democratic campaign chair, the Democratic House campaign chair, right? Out of his seat in supposedly deep blue New York. 
He turned Long Island completely red. Okay. And won two other upstate seats. Does that I mean, not, despite does that, does that potentially scream somebody who's got leadership potential? Is he all the way on the conservative side? No, but he's at least 75% there, which is about 100% better than Kevin McCarthy. Is that somebody who, who shows leadership and ability to recognize and coalesce a group? I mean, despite the fact that he lost to Hocus Pocus Hokel. Yeah, but it's not um, it's not even about that because the demographics right. of New York mm. he almost won. let's put it this way had had they thrown enough support around him three, four, five weeks before they did, you're talking about the next governor of the state mm. of New York. They they went from he shouldn't have a shot right. in hell to huh, he way outperformed what everybody thought, and oh by the way, dragged four other people across the the uh, House of Representatives, uh, yeah, that's a big win. Yeah, I was going to say, he he got the basically the, a pretty big consolation prize despite not winning the governorship. Right. And so, so when I look at that, right, I, I say, okay, so where do you find <clears throat> either him or somebody like him? Because right now he doesn't have a job, right? He's not a congressperson. Right. He lost the governorship. Where do you find a, a person to replace a ditch? Where do you find that? And you had talked about this, Pat. The Gen X, Gen Z crowd, where are they? Can they be that that step up? And I immediately <laughs> responded back with, oh, hell no to Gen X. Why? So you, you would be more comfortable with Gen Z or millennials? Yes, a thousand percent. A thousand okay. percent. Because okay. Gen X has failed this country over and over and over and over again, Pat. Why? Because Gen X, right? That generation between the boomers and and the millennial crowd. Okay. I'm right kind of right on the edge of both Gen Z and and uh Gen X, right? I was born in 1981, about a year, year and a half or so away from the Gen Xers. What have they done to positively impact this country? I'm waiting. Still waiting, Pat. You think you might be waiting a while? Ah, okay. Yeah. Also, Gen Xers are your Karens. That's who they are. They're your helicopter parents. They are the problem, Pat. Whether they have an R or a D next to their name, they're the problem. They're the ones who keep electing Ditch and the McCarthys and all of these types of individuals. They keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. No. I want no part of these people. I, The one thing that I do know about millennials is that those that are conservative are conservative. Right. And we have grown up having to fill leadership voids. 
because Gen Xers were so focused on independence and self-discovery and blah, 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 blah. I'm not talking about the new crop. The I'm not talking about the group that's 18 to, to 30. Okay, That's not the group I'm talking about. I am talking about the early millennial Gen Z group. I am talking about those born between 80 and 86, if you will. That group is much more conservative when they are conservative. Now, that can help us because these people also understand how to connect to today's world. Now, we also know the Betos and, and all of those, like the cringy TikTok crap. We also know how not to do that, right? We also know when cringe is cringe and how we shouldn't do these types of things. But we also know how to fight for conservatism. In my view, we also know how to fight for libertarianism. And I think more people are Generation Pat are actually libertarian at heart. Whether they are fiscally conservative and socially liberal or socially conservative and maybe fiscally liberal. But there's that balance there that gets right. you to a good position. Are you going to win on everything? No, that's never going to happen. But where's the leadership? Where is it? Where is it going to come from? And that is the ultimate, the ultimate noose around the neck of the McCarthy ditch era. There's no bench. There's nobody that you could look to and say, ha, huh, that's the person that I want. Right? I, I... No, you're, you're right. Okay, so I'm going to go down this list, Pat. <clears throat> the Senate Majority Whip John Thune of South Dakota. Who? Huh? What? Who's that? The conference chairman is John Barrasso of Wyoming. Huh? Huh? Who again? Who's that? Um, Roy Blunt of Missouri is your Senate Republican Policy Committee chairman. Your Republican conference vice chairman is Joni Ernst of Iowa. Okay, I mean, at least I've heard of Joni Ernst. Mm -hmm. The Republican National Senatorial Committee Chairman is Rick Scott. Um, you also have some responsibility in what just took place, so you're out. I have a few actual candidates, though, Pat. Okay, so let's go through the Republican senators. John Barrasso. <clears throat> Marsha Blackburn. I'm going to put a, a, a maybe next to her name. A Roy Blunt of Missouri. John Boozman or Bozeman of Arkansas. Mike Braun of Indiana, Richard Burr, North Carolina, Shelley Moore Caputo of West Virginia, Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, Susan Collins of Maine, John Cornyn of Texas, Tom Cotton of Arkansas, Kevin Kramer of North Dakota, Mike Crapo of Idaho, uh, Ted Cruz of Texas, Steve Daines of Montana, Joni Ernst of Iowa, Deb Fisher of Nebraska, Lindsey Graham. South Carolina, Chuck Grassley of Iowa, Bill Hagerty of Tennessee, Josh Hawley of Missouri, John Hoven of North Dakota, Cindy Hyde-Smith of Mississippi, Jim Enoff of Oklahoma, Ron Johnson, Wisconsin, John Kennedy of Louisiana, James Lankford of Oklahoma, Mike Lee, Cynthia Lumens, Roger Marshall, Mitch Ditch McConnell, Jerry Moran, 
Lisa Murkowski, Rand Paul, Rob Portman, Jim Rich, Mitt Romney, Mike Rounds, Marco Rubio, Ben Sass, Rick Scott. By the way, Ben Sass is out in Nebraska. Uh, so that'll be a, a, uh, a special election come January. Uh, Tim Scott, South Carolina, Richard Shelby of Alabama, Dan Sullivan, John Thune, Tom Tillis, Pat Toomey, Tommy Tuberville, Roger Wicker, and Todd Young. Quick, off the top of your head, Pat, name me three people that you would want to put in leadership out of that group. I, I, I come up with two. Marsha Blackburn and Ron Johnson. And I might go with a third here in Tim Scott. And the only reason why I would put Tim Scott up there is because he can speak to the Millie Mouth Republican group as well as the conservative base. Um, I don't think he's the strongest of those three. I think the one that I would consider is Marsha Blackburn, honest to God. That's the only, but I don't know if she would want it. Man, I, I I even struggle to put those names up there. But if I'm looking this as objectively as I humanly possibly can, mm-hmm. Marsha Blackburn might be the only one. And the only other reason I would put Ron Johnson in that mix is because of what he's been able to do on the Senate side with COVID, January 6th, all that stuff. He has shown he's strong been leadership fantastic there. with that stuff. Right. And that but, could translate to, and he has, the only thing that bothers me he is that he also has a tinge towards the um, the murky side, if you will. Right. Right. Um, but I think Marshall Blackburn might be the only person I would consider as genuinely conservative and the potential to lead. Because she gets it. She gets What's going on in the culture? She understands where we stand, right? She's been a fighter for that. Can that translate into leadership position? Uh, you know, a Josh Hawley can't be a leadership position person because he is absolutely insane when it comes to January 6th and absolutely insane when it came to the 2020 election. He's out. Yeah. I would no, suggest I- that the package would be there with the exception of, of some of that other stuff. So I look at this and that's the ultimate recrimination of what happened here. I can't pick one person that I would say, yes, a hundred percent. I would go 80% on Ron Johnson. I would go 75% on Marsha Blackburn. And the only reason why I'm at 75% on Marsha Blackburn is because she holds those culturally conservative issues very strongly and i don't know if that plays in leadership right now and i'm I'm, I'm only looking at that from the perspective of how do you coalesce a group because for my money every single person that's involved in any aspect of leadership on either side by the way because this is a bad election on both the republican and democratic side nobody won it's literally just a stalemate at this point that's where we're at. But it, here's the thing, though. It, I, I would actually chalk it up as a win for Democrats if they can maintain control of both houses. Even if it's smaller margins, 
they yeah. still retain control. Yeah, but it's is that a really a win? That, like that that's just not losing. That's not winning. That's just not losing. Like and you know what happens the next time when you play not to lose, right? Mm-hmm. You get your ass handed to you. Well, yeah. But but again, I I'm just saying my overall point in all of this is to to put this in front of you to make you guys understand that just throwing the baby out with the bathwater doesn't work. We don't have a bench. There there is no bench to look at when you are a libertarian conservative or a conservative conservative or just a straight up libertarian. None. Now, having said that though, Pat, <clears throat> should we uh play a little bit of the beer not the bee? Yeah, we should. Okay. Well, then uh, let me uh, go ahead and get that graphic going because I'm a moron. (laughs) All right. So uh, why don't you hit me with a headline on this Monday where we can win some more of Dominic Gizzo's totally legit MLM money. All righty, then. Biden has launched a climate gender equity fund. Biden has launched a climate gender equity fund. Is this the B or not the B? That is the question. While you're thinking about that, Andrew Coppins, folks, it's Monday. If you're like me on Monday or any other morning, you need a pick-me-up of some kind. Preferably a pick-me-up that's in your cup. Therefore, go to coffeebrandcoffee.com, support a local business today. Also, get freshly roasted coffee in your coffee cup. They've got all sorts of great flavors over there. They've got all sorts of seasonal flavors over there right now, which I hear are fantastic. Um, And if you're not a coffee drinker, maybe you're into tea. If you're not a tea or coffee drinker like me, maybe you're into hot chocolate. They've got some cool flavors there too that are really, really good. All you need to do is go to coffeebrandcoffee.com, use the promo code criticalthinking at checkout, and you'll get 5% off your purchase today. So that's coffeebrandcoffee.com. Critical thinking at checkout. Get 10% off your purchase today. Yeah, and by the way, people, I mean, we're talking about <clears throat> new holiday flavors like peppermint mocha, blueberry cobbler, eggnog, and maple pecan. I don't know about you. That 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 sounds delish. Especially mm-hmm. the peppermint mocha. Uh, are you an eggnog person, by the way? Oh, hell no. Yeah, me neither. Throw that in the trash. Yeah. Now, that having been said, um, I don't need the headline. This is absolutely 100% not to be. Are you sure? Oh, 100%. I'm totally 100% sure on this. Well, here's the full headline. Mm -hmm. Biden has launched a climate gender equity fund in order to, I don't know, something to do with women and climate change or something. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's a fund dedicated to making sure that uh, women are in the leadership positions of all of this stuff. That That's what it is, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So uh. let me get this right. Um, the wokest of the woke need funds to be woke, right? Because the, Because without the funding of the federal government, the woke people – don't actually live out their woke values. It's just a bunch of men leading in the woke industries. Yeah. 
Um, but they're feminists, Pat. They're they're the ultimate feminists. They just don't want to give up their matriarchal, I mean patriarchal leadership. Huh. Huh. It's almost as if this is a bunch of hypocrisy. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> now, having said that, Pat, I also wanted to talk about this. Um, and it's an article that I sent you over the weekend. Um, because we can't take our eye off of what's going on with COVID-19 and all of the craziness. Um, because we are not that far along in the actual life cycle of the COVID-19 vaccinations. And what group is being forced or is this being foisted upon the most? It is the 18 to 39 crowd. Right. Now, we have talked a long time about how this is also the crowd that needs it the least. I've never been anti if you are over the age of 65 or have very high autoimmune issues and and other things that this virus could attach itself to and have very real consequences. I've never been somebody to tell you to not do that because it's always been a risk-benefit analysis for me, right? Right. So – As I talk about that, um, this headline, myocarditis risk from COVID-19 vaccines up to three times higher from Moderna than Pfizer, according to a study. Ooh. So the Daily Wire is telling us that myocarditis cases hit levels two to three times higher in people with a second dose of the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine than the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine research shows. American College of Cardiology released a study last week that showed that males and females between 18 and 39, again, males and females between the ages of 18 and 39 with the Moderna vaccine had higher rates of pericarditis and myocarditis. However, males that are ages 18 to 29, so the, the, in terms of population, the most healthy group that we could possibly find as a whole, Right. They have the highest rates after receiving the second dose of Moderna. The National Institutes of Health report uh, reports patients experiencing symptoms of chest pain, fever, fatigue, shortness of breath, rapid or irregular pulse, heart failure, shock, or death. Researchers pulled data from approximately 3 million people in British Columbia, Canada. And they used participants over the age of 18 who were hospitalized for myocarditis, pericarditis, and myopericarditis. Now, I could not tell you the difference because I'm not an expert on what these various carditis issues are. doesn't matter to me. It is a heart condition. It is an issue with your heart and the ability for your heart to pump blood. That's all that I can tell you about all three of these, Okay. Now, they did this between January 1st of 2021 and September 9th of 2021. The study excluded participants that had experienced myocarditis or pericarditis within one year before receiving the second dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. Quote, within 21 days of the second dose, there were a total of 59 myocarditis cases, 21 after Pfizer and 31 after Moderna, and there were a total of 41 pericarditis cases, 21 after Pfizer, 20 after Moderna. The study reads, researchers also looked at rates per million doses, and the rate was 35.6 cases per million for Moderna and just 12.6 per million for Pfizer. 
almost a threefold increase after Moderna shots versus the Pfizer shots. Comparatively, rates of myocarditis in the general population in 2018 were 2.01 per million in people under the age of 40 and 2.2 million in people over the age of 40. Again, within 21 days of that second dose, okay, we are talking about 35.6 cases per million versus two per million in the general population pre-COVID. That is statistically significant information that you need to know to make an informed decision. Correct, Pat? Am I missing something here? Correct. Yeah, no, no, not at all. I, look, I, I've said this, I've said virtually the same thing you have. If you want to get the vaccine, get the vaccine. If you feel like you have comorbidities that, you know, it's more worth the risk to get the vaccine and get the vaccine. However, do your research, do your homework. You cannot rely on the media. You cannot just solely rely on your doctor in this case, unfortunately. Um, no, you know, because most, most cases you should be able to, but in this case you can't because they don't know either. So now what do we also know about the Moderna shot? Countries all over this world are banning it for people under the age of 30. Yep. Why? It's because they figured this out before the study came out. Because once you have myocarditis, pericarditis, or myopericarditis, okay, once you have them, do you ever get rid of it? No. Is, is the severity of it variable? Absolutely. But for somebody like me, Pat, and I've talked about this on the show, with that risk-benefit analysis, my family has a long genealogical history of heart issues. So for me, in my health, myocarditis on top of my genealogical potential for heart-related issues says, that's a really bad thing to put in my body. This is vital information. Yet, if you went to college, if, of which over 65, almost 70% of, of the 18 to 21-year-old crowd is going to college today, right? In the United States of America, you better jab up or you weren't going back onto campus. Do you think that that is a statistically significant issue for that group going forward in their lives? Hell yes, it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When we go from two per million to 35 per million for those who took Moderna, and almost every college was giving that as the main shot or groups of shots. Imagine what happens to this group when they continuously tell them you have to get your booster, get your booster, get your booster, and you're on number five right now. What are we doing? I mean, we. I keep going back to the Christian Erickson example in, in the Euros in 2021. We, we literally watched somebody go through this, whether it was myocarditis or whatever the hell else it was. What we do know is that he was only three weeks out of his second dose. 
because you had to to play in the Euros. And the dude died for seven minutes on a field in front of an international audience. What's it going to take for, I mean, just hell, even our government to shut down this vaccine for everyone that's 30 and below? Now, Moderna is trying to tell us, by the way, Pat, that uh, um, the risk of myocarditis after COVID-19 is much higher than after COVID-19 vaccination, adding that it shares all adverse events data with regulators and has a robust pharmacovigilance function. Uh, What's it going to take? Because here we are, we're, 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 we're giving all this information, and yet we still have our government saying jab and jab harder. What is it going to take? To our healthiest populations, what is this going to do two years, five years, ten years down the road? Again, the risk-benefit analysis for the healthiest populations, unless you have a very serious actual issue that getting sick from this could potentially greaten your risk of actual death. Every piece of information that has come out over the last two years is telling us what, Pat? That, That getting the vaccine gives you more and more potential for long-term consequences. And that is why I have steadfastly said, if over the course of the next couple of years, right, if they could prove to me that this is 100% safe in terms of like these things are super, super rare, but that's not what this is telling me. It is increasingly less rare as we go along for people to get myocarditis, for people to have real big health issues from taking these vaccines. And furthermore, Pfizer and Moderna, right? Dr. Simone Gold pointed this out. Over the last two years, Pfizer and Moderna spent millions and millions of dollars helping to what? Combat mis and disinformation about their vaccines, right? But here we are 24 months on. Well, not 24 months on, but over, over 18 months on from the vast majority of the vaccines being available to the vast majority of people. Right? We're almost two years into that now. And what do we know? Every single bleeping thing that you and I have talked about has basically been true when it comes to the things that you need to look at. And we were censored. People were censored, like Dr. Simone Gold, like Scott Atlas, like hundreds of other doctors for daring to say, hold up, hold your freaking horses. Is that important information? Yes. It is vital information. It will be suppressed. These people will do everything in their power. Why? Because it makes them now an ass ton of money. And with that, Pat, your final thoughts. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And for uh, Andrew's gift, for his after birthday celebration uh-huh. for the month, the Green Bay Packers missing the playoffs. You jerk. They just beat the Dallas Cowboys. 
in yeah. overtime. Yeah. In one of the best played games in the NFL this year. That was a fascinating football game to watch. Um, except the, the, the best football game of the year happened yesterday. Which and was, it was the Packers. And, yeah, it, it was, was not that game. Yeah, it was, was not that game. No, it was the, it was the Vikings uh, no, Bills game. No, yes, it always it was. Green Bay came down, came back in the fourth quarter from not one, but two touchdowns down. Christian Watson, the second round wide receiver, collects three touchdowns in the game. Uh huh. That I mean, that was probably your best game played all season. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. With that being said, though, please be smart, be safe, be kind. Make sure to eat all your meals today. And as always, Matthew five forty seven. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.